Good morning and welcome to this week's podcast. Today I will be speaking on Exodus, a redemption story. Well, it is great to be able to speak this morning. And I was just reflecting in the few hours that I had to prepare on, um, on the fact that Easter is coming, isn't it? Easter is on its way. Um, And we know that Easter is this true story of Jesus, and we reflect on the events of the cross that that come um, and we read about. Jesus dying to take our punishment on the cross, the punishment that we deserve. And because Jesus died on the cross, we are redeemed. We are no longer destined for eternal death but we can be excited knowing that we can have eternal life with God. See, redemption is the action of saving or being saved from sin. So the very thing that we will be celebrating this coming Easter. And if you're around over our Easter services, we're going to explore and reflect more on that as a church in our services. And um, do um, check out the times and dates for those. Um, And it'll be great to have as many people here as possible for those services. But today we're going to think about two redemption stories that happen one after the other in the book of Exodus. And the first is the Passover, and the second is the crossing of the Red Sea. And both of these stories give us this amazing picture of what Jesus was coming to do. Um, And these were many, many, many years before Jesus was even around. So there'll be some slides that will go up um, on the screen. So Richard, if we can have our first slide up, please. So if you do get some time, um, why don't you um, um, read Exodus um, and the story that we will be reflecting on today. It covers um, a huge chunk of Exodus, chapters 3 to 14. Now, I'm not going to read all of it today. You'll be pleased to know. Um, But I will summarize what happened. But it is a great story to read. And if you haven't read it for a while or have never read it, do um, just open up your Bible and have a read because it's some great stuff in there. So what we see in this story is that God's people, the Israelites, they moved into Egypt in the time of Joseph. So this all happened a little bit before. And many of us will know that. Maybe we've even seen the West End production of Joseph and his amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Or maybe you've been part of a school that has done that production itself. Um, But God and his people um, in Egypt, they multiplied and multiplied. And Pharaoh started to get really nervous. And he decided that um, the Israelites were going to become too great a force and he would put them into slavery. And this is where we pick up today's story. So God's people were slaves. And they'd been in slavery for 430 years. And I think life would have been pretty miserable for them. And we get a glimpse of what that was like as we read the Bible. So if you've got your Bible, turn with me to Exodus chapter 2, and we're going to start at verse 23. I'm sorry, it won't be on the screen today. So, um, yeah, starting at verse 23 to 25. Um, And she bore him a son, and, uh, no, sorry, that's the wrong chapter. It wasn't chapter two. Okay, Um, so 
Now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. Then the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage, and he cried and cried out, and their cry came up to God because of the bondage. So God heard their groaning and remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God acknowledged them. You see, God's people, they were oppressed, and they were in slavery, and they cried out to God in their situation. This situation that was so awful, they were crying out to God. And God remembered his promise that he had made that many years ago, and his promise to be with them. And God then acknowledged them. He saw them. Some versions say he was concerned for them. You see, God had a plan for his people. God raised up Moses, sending him to get the Israelites out of slavery. Um, God sent many plagues. There's a whole um, chapters on the plagues that go through um, the, those chapters of Exodus. So God sent the plagues, and God's ultimate plan was to get his people, the Israelites, out of slavery. See, God was going to pass through Egypt and kill the firstborn males. It was God's judgment on Egypt. And this would include the death of Pharaoh's son. And ultimately, it would free the Israelite people. But Exodus 12, verses 12 to 13 says, For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. See, God's people, um, they were enslaved and they'd cried out to God, but they needed, um, they needed redemption. They needed the Lord to save them. See, God's people, they had to kill a lamb in this moment, and they had to take the blood and they had to paint it on the lintels of their doors as a sign. And some versions say almost as a token uh, that a lamb had been sacrificed. And then when God passed throughout Egypt, God's judgment was coming. Death was inevitable. So either the firstborn of the family had to die or a lamb had to die in its place. But God had a plan for his people. God had a rescue plan so that they wouldn't need to die. They could sacrifice that lamb instead. And therefore, there was a death that had taken place. It was the lamb dying instead of the people. So God redeemed his people in that moment. Um, they were no longer subject to death. Now, this was a huge event in the lives of the Israelites, and it was the catalyst that brought them freedom. Pharaoh then allowed them to leave Egypt, to leave slavery. God's people had been redeemed. See, the blood was a visual mark for the Israelites of their salvation. It had set them apart from the Egyptians. And it made me think, what mark do we carry what sets us out as Christians as we live our lives? How do we stand out in this world as different, as set apart, as redeemed by the Lord?
Is there something that we can ponder on maybe this week? So God's people, there they were. They were leaving Egypt. And you can see on the screen um, that there is this cycle that they're going through. The people are in their slavery. Um, they cry out to God. God has a plan and he redeems his people. And this is a cycle that goes round and round and round in the Bible that we see throughout the Old Testament. Um, there's God's people constantly being it, slavery of some sort, but then they need to cry out to God. But God always has a plan, and his plan includes a redeemer. So God's people were leaving Egypt. Many of us know the story. They left in a hurry. They wanted to get out. And if we know the story, we know um, we may have um, even considered the implications of moving a nation. We've seen how vividly, haven't we, recently, how a nation has had to leave Ukraine. And it's estimated some three to four million people have left Ukraine over this past month. There was one estimate that two million Israelites were leaving Egypt that night. And that's not a small group of people. Now, sometimes we band these numbers around, but to help us understand what that means, um, it's the equivalent to a quarter of London moving out in one go. That'd be pretty, pretty crazy, wouldn't it? Um, or the whole of Greater Manchester upping and leaving. It's a lot of people that were going. Chapter 13 um, and verse 17 says, Then it came to pass, when Pharaoh, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God, did not, um, that God did not lead them by the way of, of the land of the, of the Philistines, although it was near. For God said, at least perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. So what God did was in that moment, he knew his people. He knew what they were like. And he said, actually, if they see that they are going to be pursued by Egypt and that they are going to um, face war in that moment, he knew that they would turn around and go straight back to Egypt because it was the easy thing to do. So God led them a long way around um, so that they wouldn't encounter that war. But God was with his people. So Exodus 13, 21 to 22 reads this. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so as to go by day and night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. So there they are. Two million people are leaving um, Egypt, and in front of them, Wherever they go, whether it's by day or by night, there is the presence of God visually in front of them. Now, so often we say, don't we, let's fix our eyes on Jesus. And we look forward to Jesus. And for the Israelites, they had this visual representation of God with them in the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. So as they walked, as they moved, they had comfort knowing that God was with them. God wanted his people to trust him. He wanted them to know 
his saving grace and his redemption, that he had done this and he was right there with him. Now, as we may know in the story, there was a problem, wasn't there? Because Pharaoh all of a sudden realized what he had done and he wanted his slaves back. Um, Maybe he wanted revenge um, on the Israelites. Maybe he just wanted his workforce back. But as the story continues, we see that the Israelites were camped by the Red Sea. And we're going to read what happens in chapter 14 from verse 10. And it says, And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to God. So you can see they're in a predicament. And they're, um, with our circle that was up on the screen, um, they're in a predicament and they cry out to God again. They need to be redeemed. And then... Um, then they said to Moses, because there, were, uh, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us out of Egypt? So they're just saying, why have you done this? Could we not have just died in Egypt as slaves? Um, it goes on, verse 12. This is not uh, the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, um, let us alone and we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than, than that we should die in the wilderness. And so Moses said to his people, do not be afraid, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. And the Lord will fight for you and shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, um, Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. But, I, but lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I, and I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over his army, his chariots and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh and his chariots and his horsemen. Then the angel of God, who went before the camp of Israel, moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them. So it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus, It was a cloud and darkness to the one, and it gave light by night to the other, so that the one did not come near the other um, all that night. Then Moses stretched his hand out over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. So God's people, they were in danger of death. There was this um, army that were descending on them, and they needed to be saved. The, um, as they saw the Egyptian army, they started to almost freak out. They were terrified, it tells us in verse 10. They didn't want to die, and they started to blame Moses and say, why have you brought us out of Egypt? Their faith in God was wavering. But, so they cried out to God for salvation. Now, we have um, this situation where they've got the army there 
They've got the, wa the water of the Red Sea there, and they're stuck in the middle. They don't have anywhere to go. So I guess it was looking quite bleak for them, and uh, you could understand their predicament they were in. So I'm sure they looked at all the different options. Maybe they could just hide. Wait, there was two million of them. That's not going to happen, is it? So they just had to trust in the Lord. So Moses stood in front of the Israelites, we read in verse 13, and he said, don't be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, what he will accomplish today. Um, for the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see um, again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and will hold your peace. So Moses stands in front of his people and he says this, and then he goes to the Lord and he says, Lord, you've got to help. You've got to, you've got to make this one work because I don't know what to do. And the Lord says, just start walking. I've got it. I've got it sorted. I will help you. I will redeem you. And I love the Lord's response. He says, don't cry out to me. Just move on. Just move on and start walking. Now, I can imagine, again, Moses looking around and like, Egyptians, Red Sea, what do I do? Um, but the Lord had a plan, didn't he? He had a plan to save his people. Now, the Bible says um, that the Lord himself stood in the gap. He was redeeming his people and blocking his enemy. And this is one of the verses in the Bible that I find so, so, so exciting. So verse 19, I'm going to read it again because I think it's so great. It says, And the angel of, of God, who went before the camp of Israel, moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them. And just this image that Egypt, Red Sea, God's people, but in front of them as they're walking is the pillar of cloud, is the presence of God. And what happens in this moment is the angel of God, and some theologians believe that it's to be the second person in the Trinity, um, or Jesus as we know him today. He went from the front of, their pe of the people where they were looking to where they were going, and he stood in the gap between the danger. He was physically blocking the Egyptians from getting to them. He was physically their salvation in that moment. And I just think that picture of the Lord being the salvation and standing in the gap for his people is quite a powerful one. And actually, that's what the Lord has done for us, hasn't he? And as Easter is coming up and we're thinking about the events of the cross, that is what Jesus has done for us. He has stood in the gap. So in our story of, um, of, of Moses and the Israelites, um, the Bible tells us that Moses did the whole kind of stretching out his staff, the water parted, um, they walked through, everyone was happy. They were on the other side. And um, God had redeemed his people. It was absolutely amazing. And what the Bible tells us is once they'd crossed the Red Sea, and as many of us know, the sea came in and um, destroyed um, the Egyptians, and nobody was left. God's judgment was poured out in that moment. And as the Israelites saw it, they glorified the Lord, and they trusted God more for their redemption and um, for the power of God. 
And as I said, throughout the whole Testament, this cycle goes on and on and on. And we see it with the judges and the kings and and various times when God's people get into a sticky situation where they need to be saved. If we jump forward to us today, we too can find ourselves in this cycle. We too can be like the Israelites who are in Egypt, where we're in a place where we are slaves. The Bible tells us we are slaves to sin, doesn't it? Um, And we mess up and we do things wrong and we go our own way. And just like the Israelites were slaves in Egypt, we too can be slaves to sin. And we too need to um, face death for that. And death is inevitable. But then if we know and love the Lord, we get to the place where we cry out to God when we understand the predicament that we find ourselves in, the fact that we are slaves. And we cry out to the Lord and we say, save us, um, just as the Israelites did. And it's in that moment that we, we, we understand God's plan for us, don't we? We understand that Jesus died on the cross. He shed his blood for each and every one of us. Like in the, um, um, the story of, the, of Exodus and how the lamb had to be sacrificed, there was a blood sacrifice for the people. And Jesus did that for us. That was God's plan, to redeem his people through a blood sacrifice. And we too can be like the Egyptians. We can walk through um, the, the sea. We can walk through into new life and redemption, knowing that Jesus has done it for us. And I'm excited about Easter. I love the fact that we can celebrate Easter. Sometimes I find it a bit sad that Easter isn't as exciting as Christmas in our world. Um, but actually, I love Easter and the fact that we can celebrate what Jesus has done on the cross, because it is the most significant thing for us, isn't it? That's why we run Alpha. That's why Alpha finished, what, a week ago, two weeks ago, and we're starting it again in a couple of weeks, because we know that the message that we tell people through Alpha is so important, that they can know and understand that we are slaves to sin, that God has a plan for our lives, and that there is a redemption plan in our lives, and we can be saved from that. That is why we, um, as a church, go out and we're knocking on doors and we're saying, "Hey, do you know Jesus? Do you do you know faith? What does that look like for you?" And we try and explain the gospel to his people and to people around us. And w- that's because we can know redemption. But what also um, I think is really interesting is when God's people um, had seen the Egyptians completely um, um, killed in the Red Sea, they worshipped the Lord. And I don't know about you, but um, how often do we turn to worship in tough times? How often do we turn to worship God when things are hard? And actually, we, I was, um, as we were praying this morning in, um, in, the, in the small hall, um, I was just thinking of that, that picture of um, so often in the Old Testament where it was the worship team that was sent out first into the battle, wasn't it? Because they carried the presence of the Lord. And actually, for us, our response to God is a life of worship, isn't it? Um, when we understand and we know what Jesus has done for us. 
Um, and actually, if there's people that are listening today, um, people in the room or online, and actually you don't know or haven't had taken that time to um, say to Jesus, actually, I want to know that forgiveness, then we would love to talk to you today. We would love to pray with you. And we would love for you to reach out to us. Because the reality is, we can know freedom because of Jesus. We can know freedom because of what Jesus did on the cross for each and every one of us. And we can have confidence knowing that the Lord is standing in the gap for us. Whatever this world throws at us, if we are like the Israelites and we are standing there with what feels like an army descending on us, um, and there are tough situations in our life, we can have confidence knowing that the Lord will stand in the gap. The Lord will be with us. The army was still there, weren't they? God, at that moment, didn't take the army out, but he stood in the gap between them and those difficult things that were happening. Um, and again, if there are situations in your lives today that feel like an army descending on you, um, then we would love to pray through that. We would love to seek the presence of the Lord to stand in that gap um, for you. So church, why don't we stand as the worship band come back up. I'm going to pray and then we are going to do what we were created to do and we are going to worship the Lord. Father God, I want to thank you that when we get into sticky situations, when we um, maybe don't know you and we realize our sin, that we can cry out to you in anything, Lord, in the hard times, in the good times. We can cry out to you. And I pray, Lord, that um, we would seek you in worship. We would seek you and your presence. And Lord, that we would have the confidence knowing that you are standing in the gap, that you are there in between us and those things that are happening in our lives that can pull us down. And Lord, I pray that we would see victory today because of what you are doing, that we would see captives set free, we would see lives changed, we would see situations change because of you, Lord. So Holy Spirit, we um, continue to welcome you in this place. And we ask Holy Spirit that you move among us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship the Lord.